Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code radio and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante waiting on the season to resume in a crucial four-game set against the Boston Red Sox. That begins Thursday night, one day earlier than anyone else's action in the second half. Kike Hernandez is mad. So are we because we were getting excited to not watch Yankees baseball anymore. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer it. We're going to be talking draft. We're going to be talking all-star game and all-star break, a game in which Aaron Judge showed off his defensive skills, a game in which Aaron Judge was knocked in from third by an American League batter, which was great. A game in which it became painfully obvious why the Yankees are having trouble finding their way up the standings in the American League East because the entire starting lineup was American League East players and a game in which Judge uh, was the only Yankee to appear, rightfully so. Garrett Cole, too tired. Roldis Chapman, too bad. MLB draft stuff, too. Don't know if you're down with the Yankees' first-round pick, but however you feel, it seemed like maybe kind of an overdraft where they differ on Trey Sweeney's value as compared to many experts Thomas Carinante, whirlwind couple of off days following the worst loss of the season in a season full of worst losses. How you feeling? Feeling good, guys. Uh, we got a nice little reprieve from Yankees baseball, which was much needed. A lot more, a lot more needed than we had thought, right? We lost that game against the Astros and we're like, wait, great. Now the break is coming. In my opinion, the break was coming at the worst time because you needed to go into that break with a win to keep morale up. You got three, four days off. You're ready to go trying to reset everything and get back on track before this Red Sox series. 
Um, but I think it actually ended up being good. Judge's uh, appearance in the All-Star game was uh, was a much needed uh, uh, reprieve from everything. Uh, walked. I know he didn't get a hit, but he made a great play in right field. He scored the first run. Um, he walked out uh, uh, Billy Aaron to the to the field with Freddie Freeman uh, in the uh, ceremony honoring Hank Aaron, who passed away this past January. Um he had a couple of ads in there. They had the ads for the uh, Field of Dream game and uh, Field of Dreams game and uh, the Team Hobel commercial with Giancarlo Stanton. So a uh, big, big, big uh, couple of days for Aaron Judge and kind of took uh, the the chatter uh, away, directed the chatter away from the Yankees disappointing first half. I know they did talk about briefly uh, during the broadcast that the Yankees have a very very definitive uh, series coming right out of the break with this four game set with the Red Sox. But here we are. And uh, all we could do is hope we, we probably need three wins. But uh, once again, not going to hope for anything because they've let us down time and time again. Not going to hope for anything. Midsummer Classic signals a huge summer in the second half when it reaches its dog days. And speaking of summer is coming. Are you ready to unveil your beach bod? I never am and I won't be. But if you're the kind of person who does something like that, you are in luck because our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the lawnmower 4.0. That's 4.0. Inside this package, you will find that lawnmower trimmer in the performance package, the Weed Whacker Ear Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. The trimmer is nuts. I've had personal experience with the trimmer. You're going to have to trust me on this. And the the 3.0 was amazing. There is nothing like the 4.0 on your balls. It's got a 4,000K LED spotlight. It's got a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock. And you can flip that LED light on whenever you want to. We Please trust us. Do not use this in the pitch black. Don't go in the bathroom and turn all the lights off because you're ashamed of, of what you're doing to your beach pod, just turn the lights on. But if you need that flashlight, if you're if you're using the, the 4.0 in an airplane bathroom and you're a true psychopath, then engage that flashlight. If you are getting ready for hot guy summer, you can get a deal. Go to manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping on this product with the code FANSIDED20. That is 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code FANSIDED20. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. That felt good. Hopefully, it'll feel just as good to get back into the action on Thursday. Let's take a little pause, though, and recap uh, the past few days of, of a lot baseball news coming at us far and wide. You were right. You know, we maybe didn't know the Yankees needed this all-star break, and, and everybody but Judge got it. But Judge had a couple shining moments in all-star week. Uh, he, you know, escorted Billy Aaron to the plate. Like you said, he was the man chosen for that honor alongside Freddie Freeman. Even if the Yankees are, are underperforming and, and not good, Aaron Judge is still the face of baseball. It made you all the more confused about Aaron Judge trade rumors, or at least it made me all the more confused about how you reconcile that. I, I really don't think that the Yankees can expose themselves to something like that. When in a huge game like this in Colorado, in a National League ballpark, Nowhere near New York, Yankee Stadium, the East Coast, anything like that. Judge is still the one front and center that everybody wants to talk to. He gave a great answer when asked about the future of the game, spreading across to different nations, what Shohei Otani is doing for baseball. Judge wants to get kids involved in the game of baseball wherever they're from. He is still a picture-perfect spokesman for the game, and he you know, didn't get a big hit but delivered when called upon and did sort of a fantastic job carrying on. Uh, Garrett Cole didn't pitch in the game, 
but did a good job of tweaking the Astros a little bit, saying that he's very proud to show up in a Yankee uniform for the first time ever, and he couldn't imagine declining the invitation, wink, wink. Uh, every member of the Houston Astros did that for whatever reason. Jose Altuve, too injured to play in the All-Star game, but not injured enough to not hit a game-winning three-run walk-off on Sunday. Uh, very frustrating stuff from the Houston Astros. But Cole threw a little dig in at them, but then also was, you know, cute. Talked about his relationship with Masahiro Tanaka. Again, they were DMing after Cole's 129-pitch outing. There were rumors that Tanaka is maybe going to defect from Japan after this one year of his deal. That feels like a potential reunion in the making. Uh, what was sort of your highlight of this whole All-Star experience? I, I love that. I, I think it was that right there, the way that they kind of talked to the media. Cole answered that question from that little kid, which was, which was just so nice. Um, and... You know, Astros fans think that the Astros live rent free in our heads and they just don't. They just the Astros continually make make bad decisions like Michael Brantley and Jose Altuve are not injured. They might be fatigued just like every other player is from playing 90 games in that first half. Uh, they didn't show up to the All-Star game for a very obvious reason. Or, or, so anyway, Altuve didn't show up because his father's in the hospital. That was a, a last second development. But prior to all these developments happening, even with Carlos Correa, too, they had acknowledged that they weren't going to the all-star game um, because they wanted to focus on winning or resting up or whatever. And guess what? Garrett Cole was a guy who needed to rest up. He had a very arduous first half. His last outing was the most taxing of his entire career. Um, the Yankees are in a bad place right now, and he's been called upon time and time again to, to, to bring them out of the, out of the grave. Um, and he still figured out a way to to, to head over to there. Uh, who else didn't play? Jacob Degrom was there. He he wasn't pitching um, due to some injury concerns. Uh, Andrew no Kittredge showed yeah. up at the last second. And you're like, wait, yeah. what the hell? Not only yeah. is Andrew Kittredge on this team, but he's in the game. Like people just kept disappearing from this All Star game. And I don't blame everyone. You know, some people have to. Oh. Some people pitched. They can't pitch, etc. I don't know why Carlos Rodon wasn't in this game, and I don't know why Andrew Kittred showed up the last second. They said he was at the Rainforest Cafe with his family, and Kevin Cash called him and was like, get to the All-Star game. It's like, I feel like you maybe need to call somebody a little more deserving than a middle reliever on the Rays. Yeah, uh, so uh, thanks, Kevin Cash. Uh, he did manage that game actually very well uh, compared to Dave Roberts, who I think Always. completely sucked. Um, but yeah, Shane Bieber was there, injured, got invited. So uh, I think it was a, a message thing, and Garrett Cole... Uh, just always setting the right example. Uh, he didn't have to go. Um, I know it was a little bit of a different scenario for him because it was his first selection as a Yankee, which kind of has a different feel to it. But um, it was great to see uh, them with their positive responses to the media, especially with everything surrounding uh, Otani after Stephen A. Smith's comments about the fact that he needs a translator when speaking to the media um, and how that doesn't entirely represent the game of baseball well and is not going to attract fans because he doesn't speak English, which is complete bullshit. Um, so then you have bullshit. guys. Yeah. Then you have guys like Cole uh, talking about how it's an honor to be there, even though he can't play and that he respects the voters uh, were able to get him there. Um, and then you have Judge talking about growing the game and the impact Otani has made. Um, and everything in between all the things you want to see. Look, guys, last night, the MVP was uh, someone uh, was uh, 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 from the Dominican. Uh, the man who uh, notched the save, Liam Hendricks, uh, was from Australia. Um, and the winning pitcher, Shohei Otani, was Japanese. The MVP was obviously Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, so international game, folks, whether you could speak English or not. Uh, we learned that first and foremost uh, from this from this showing and uh, in wake of ESPN's uh, all the colleague uh, Stephen A's uh, colleagues responses to his inflammatory comments. So glad we can move on from that. Hopefully the 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 uh, 
the healing process from that with all those guys on ESPN going out the first take to kind of tell him why he was wrong, uh, I think went well. Um, but nonetheless, Judge's comments, Cole's comments uh, kind of gave a positive note for, for the whole atmosphere, um, especially with how bad Yankees baseball has been over the last uh, three months. Yeah, first take Stephen A. Smith. I mean, they talk about baseball once every seven months. And so they they decide to crawl out of a hole and talk baseball this week. And, and uh, nothing about it made sense. And Stephen A.'s comments were nonsensical. But then, of course, like the setup didn't even make sense. The question of is it good for baseball if Otani is the face of baseball or not? Like, who, ca- for, who cares who the face of baseball is? Is it good for baseball? Like, the question is inherently, is it good for baseball that there's a Japanese guy who's good? Like, it's basically like, should we have let these Japanese people into baseball if they were going to be good? (laughs) Like, Stephen A can't answer that in a non-racist way. There's no way for him to be like, I mean, he could have been like, yes, it's great. But if he's going to take the no counterpoint, there's no way for you to justify the no counterpoint without it being just some racist gibberish. Uh, I don't care who baseball's face is. I don't care if it's the... Uh, you know, the 26 year old, 27 year old hitter and pitcher who started the all-star game in two different ways. If he is the face of baseball, that's pretty cool. Uh, he hit a 512 foot home run in the home run derby. Not bad. If it's Vlad jr. Who's 22 and hit a quote unquote, 468 foot blast yesterday. No fucking way. That is a, yeah. that's 530, 540. Hmm. Uh, I now distrust stat cast, but Vlad jr. Monster Tatis jr. Maniac. All of these people are insanely talented baseball players and they are like 22 or younger. So the, the, the future of the game is in great hands. I tweeted after the game, think of all the people who weren't there to Jordan Alvarez, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, Jazz Chisholm, Cabrian Hayes, Tyler Wade. There are plenty <laughs> of future superstars across Major League Baseball who, who weren't even represented. And yes, Tyler did not deserve to be included. But outside of that sarcastic comment, plenty of names we didn't see. In terms of future stars, um, I guess we got to talk draft for a little bit. Well, we're, you know, you and I are not draft experts. I enjoy the draft. I, I don't know much more than what is fed to me, though. I'm not scouting. I'm not on the ground. I'm not a Midwest cross checker. I'm not going to Eastern Illinois varsity games in the middle of February. These are not things that I'm doing, but I do know what I've what I've read. I love prospects. I love our minor league system. Uh, we've got guys over the past few years. The Yankees drafting has been very disappointing for a number of years. Uh, as evidenced by the fact that, you know, the first round picks who have made an impact and who, you know, you know, Aaron judge Garrett Cole, who they drafted in 2008 didn't sign and came back years later as a free agent. And then Clark Schmidt, like, I don't know how you feel about Clark Schmidt. They traded Blake Rutherford in 2016 and got David Robertson and Tommy Canley out of it. Todd Frazier, good trade, uh, but he's no longer a Yankee. Ty Hensley, they had a first rounder at the start of the decade who like retired. Ian Clarkin, Eric Jugailo. There's all sorts of dudes who just absolutely did not pan out. The Yankees had a legendary draft in 2006 that sort of held, you know, the torch for a long time as like, oh my God, what a player development coup. Batances, Jabba, uh, David Robertson in like the 20 something round, uh, all these valuable arms. Mark Melanson might have been in that draft too. I think he was. But since then, it's been sort of a wasteland outside of Judge. But last year, you got Austin Wells, lefty mashing catcher, big bat. The year before, you've got Anthony Volpe, who's now in the top 100 prospects at shortstop. The Yankees have made their hay in the international market for so long that you forget they're also allowed to draft well. Uh, Josh Smith from LSU, the second rounder in 2019, leaping up levels this year, uh, starting to definitely break out. 
We are seeing signs of life from recent draftees in the Yankee farm system. Trevor Hover. I can't remember if he was taken in the second or third round last year, but it's another lefty power bat. So this year, the Yankees go Trey Sweeney in the first round. He's a shortstop. They take him at 20th overall after being pegged uh, as sort of, you know, a lot of a lot of mock drafts had the Yankees with pitchers forever and ever and ever. And then suddenly as the draft approaches, they all readjust. And, and the day of draft, a lot of people thought they were going to take Trey Sweeney. He's his lefty. He's got a great bat. He's an analytics favorite. I know that hurts when people hear that, but you know he he didn't hit against a lot of great competition at Eastern Illinois. He's probably not going to be a shortstop moving forward. He's bat first. He might be a third baseman. He didn't hit against 95 mile an hour plus fastballs this year, though he did in, in his independent wood bat summer league. But his measurables are off the charts. His hard hit rate, all of the things that align with the analytical perspective in the game of baseball that got us here. Um, he seems to be someone who would have gone quickly thereafter, but is an overdraft according to a lot of people. Yankees took him at 20. Uh, MLB Pipeline had him as the 55th best player in the draft. Keith Law had him as the 89th best player in the draft. Scouts and analytical people see very differently here. So we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I will pose to you the question of who you trust, the Yankee scouts and analytics people who have started to hit on a couple of draft picks the past few years, or the scouts across baseball who think overdraft. Stick around. We're going to be right back. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. So Thomas Carinante. Where are you? Uh, the Yankees did take him about 30 picks before anybody outside of the game of baseball thought he probably deserved to go. Same deal with their other top draft picks. Uh, Brandon Beck, the pitcher they took 55th, was like the 99th ranked player. They never picked anyone at any slot who was accurately slotted, and most other teams sort of found a different rhythm. But Anthony Volpe, Austin Wells, Trevor Hover, Josh Smith, I mean, the bats are piling up, many of them left-handed, are you starting to trust the Yankee scouts a little more? Uh, I don't know. Look, you, you look at every draft, even the NFL draft, like there's times where you reach um, and perhaps it's for good reason. If you have your guy and you want your guy and you don't think you're getting him with your next pick, great, then take him. If you if you feel that that's, that's the move that's going to that's gonna do it for you, that's great. Um, I'm not entirely a fan of it for a few reasons. Um, one, Yes, he's a lefty bat. That's awesome. Uh, but the Yankees eat lefty bats now, not in 2025 mm. uh, or 2024, whenever it's going to be. The Yankees also kind of need defense. And this uh, tr uh, Trey Sweeney may or may not be defense uh, a positionless at this point. He is a shortstop. Yes, he's played second base. Yes, he's played third base. Yes, some scouts have uh, prognosticated he's probably going to end up as a corner outfielder at the MLB level. Um, so... And then you, obviously you throw in the whole analytics aspect of it. He's an analytics darling. Great. Like, I, I don't know. What does that mean? He's, he's, he's 20 years old. Like I, I just don't understand. Um, I, I am the other reason I'm not a fan of it is because of course you have other pitchers on the board who go after first and foremost, uh, lefty pitcher, Jordan Wicks from Kansas state, the Cubs got him and immediately, 
everyone was, wow, Cubs, Cubs steal, you know, Yankees passed on Jordan Wicks and now they get him. So when you see that, it's not entirely encouraging yet. Gavin Williams of East Carolina, who is a solid arm that a lot of people talked about. Uh, Chase Petty, New Jersey kid, another right-hander who tw- the Twins were pumped about when they were able to get him. Uh, you know, we go on and on. The Dodgers selected a very intriguing prospect, probably someone who we didn't exactly need. But, you know, the Dodgers are always fucking right with pitching prospects. Maddox Bruns um, uh, out of UMS Wright High School in Alabama. So that was the discouraging aspect of it for me, that there were a lot of pitch And Ty Madden, who the Tigers got to steal with, the right-hander from Texas. So just a lot of things here that 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 give you reason to be frustrated. Um, I'm not going to judge Trey Sweeney, though, because, once again, we don't. Uh, we we are of the the people who are simply reading about draft stuff a month before to see see what the buzz is and who might be going where and who might fit best where we know the draft is unpredictable as ever you look at especially especially with the Yankees who just historically don't draft first rounders well like you were saying before you missed one big name James Crillian 2015 first round pick traded in the Sunny Gray deal and now he's tearing it up for Oakland don't know how many innings he's going to be able to pitch this year because of his limited workload due to injuries um but just another uh, miss there uh, in terms of a getting uh, not not getting the talent. They finally get the talent, and then they trade it for an underwhelming person who they have to eventually get rid of. Um, we don't really know Anthony Siegler, the catcher they drafted what in twenty eighteen, not really doing that well. No, um, bad. So yeah, so I don't really I don't really trust the Yankees um, draft wise, especially in the first round. Um, obviously in baseball, you find a lot of your guys after the first round, this is not very different from the NFL draft. Um, so, uh, root for Trey Sweeney, man. The only discouraging aspect of it is that, uh, a few minutes after he was draft, um, and a, a few hours after he, a few hours after he was drafted, Jose Altuve walked us off. And then a few minutes after he was drafted, we saw, he liked a tweet from 2019, where Altuve walked the Yankees off in game six of the ALCS and Chapman's stupid smirk, uh, smirk on his face, walking off the mound. Uh, it was a clip of that. So um, yeah, Yankees do all this research and then discover the guy that they draft is, does, hates the Yankees. So really great. Nonetheless, rooting for Trey Sweeney, a lot of other intriguing picks here, uh, namely uh, Brendan, Brendan Beck, the second round pick who demanded he wear the Stanford wear their, their black jerseys in the 106 degree heat because uh he was facing Texas Tech, and he said he was uh, he was attending Texas Tech's funeral. He was starting the game, so like that energy. Um, then they drafted yeah. a lot of pitchers as the time as the draft as the uh, draft progressed. So um, not entirely discouraged. Just certainly don't have my hopes up. That's I think that's my take. Yeah, I, I liked Anthony Salamato too, the lefty who everybody says is like a bum garner hybrid, another New Jersey high schooler who the Yankees were tied tied to and didn't end up taking. Same deal. Obviously, rooting for Trey Sweeney. Um, not going to be nervous about it yet, necessarily. And you are right. I mean, he's from like middle America, Illinois guy. I don't know if he hates the Yankees or likes Houston or, or what it is, or hates Aroldis Chapman, which a lot of people do. Hopefully, by the time Trey Sweeney's up with the big club, uh, Aroldis Chapman is gone. So <laughs> who really cares? Um, you, you also left you, you left out a painful one because you're right. The Dodgers always are right. They always get this right. We took Caprillion and traded him for Sonny Gray. Mm. Uh, not great. Um, trade didn't really work out for anybody passed on Walker Bueller. That's somebody we could have yeah. had just yep. decided not to do Walker Bueller, which like, you know, Caprillion's hurt. That's why he's included in the trade. Maybe if they take Walker Bueller instead, he's absolutely busting out. He's more of a centerpiece and they don't include him as the third piece of this trade Jorge Mateo, man, Dustin Fowler. What a weird trade. What a weird yeah. group of people. Um, I like day two. I like Brendan Beck. 
Love someone who, who can talk shit and actually back it up. It took a high school lefty in the third round that I can't even begin to talk about an LSU commit. And he's a, uh, you know, 95 thrower. They took a scrappy second baseman from Louisville in the fourth round, Cooper Bowman. I like Tyler Hardman, the fifth rounder from Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, Cape Cod League home run derby champ. People say Luke Voigt, effortless power. They also took uh, Auburn's supposed ace, Richard Fitz, Dick Fitz. Very cool. Cool name. Uh, who was terrible this year. But if you can get, you know, that was a first rounder when the season yeah. started. They took him in the sixth round. Uh, is he good? I, I don't know. But if you can pick up an additional first round talent in the sixth round, I think you do it. Um, and, and they picked the dude in the 19th round, the, the best hitter from Vanderbilt. He's not coming. Uh, he's not signing. And he made that very clear. But that's, you know, smart pick. Uh, unfortunate that it's not going to pan out. Let's talk a little bit about this upcoming Red Sox series, which, you know, does start Thursday night a little earlier than any other series. The Red Sox have their full rotation already announced. We are seeing the guys uh, rotation, you know, underwhelming. I don't look at the Red Sox rotation and go spooky. It's Eduardo Rodriguez in the opener. Who's definitely turned it around lately, though. He still has a five, five, two ERA Martin Perez in the second game. Nate Evaldi all-star in the third. Uh, kill me. Why isn't he on the Yankees? Why wasn't he good on the Yankees? I don't know. And Nick Pavetta in the fourth game, the Yankees will counter with four TBDs. Now, maybe by the time this gets released, we know the names. Nestor Cortez Jr. probably involved. Domingo Herman maybe not involved. Is he permanently a reliever now? We don't really know. None of us know what's going on. But we're dealing with TBDs while the Red Sox have their rotation confidently laid out for a huge series in which we definitely have to take three out of four games. Absolutely. Uh, I think first game, we're looking at Monty versus Eduardo Rodriguez. I think that's a fair estimation. Then Friday, you're looking at Nestor versus Martin Perez. Good news is Saturday, probably going to be Garrett Cole versus Nathan Ivaldi. The only true TBD, in my opinion, is going to be Sunday versus Nick Pavetta. Um, so, uh, hey, uh, last time I said the pitching matchups lined up well and we got smacked. So um, I don't really know what to say this time on paper. That seems to be. Um, a solid, uh, this a solid matchup for those first three games. Let's um, say the opposite, though. Let's say the pitching matchups line up like shit. Yeah, they um, line up like this, shit. This looks like crap. Uh, the Yankees are overpaid and overrated. They're coming home. They're going <laughs> to get pasted by a Red Sox team that's very motivated. Um, the Red Sox and Phillies, basically, you know, Phillies outplayed the Red Sox last weekend at Fenway. Um, those are the two teams we're about to see. Um, and they're both going to absolutely romp us four game sweep, two game sweep, four game sweep at Fenway season over. So big bummer, but that will happen. That will happen. <laughs> and yeah, this is, I, this, in my opinion, and not really in my opinion, I think it's a, uh, I think it's a foregone conclusion that if they're the Yankees, at least have to tread water here. They got to take two. Um, that's, that's simply have the, to they have, have to take the two. season is over if they don't take two. Yes. Uh, the season is over in regards to the fact that they may not be buying at the trade deadline or probably will not be buying at the trade deadline. If they fall another game behind the Red Sox, cause then they have four games at Fenway, uh, the following week, uh, who Thursday. did this? Like, I don't who, know who did this. this Absolutely is insane. insane. Yeah. So, uh, the following week, after they have this nice little six-game homestand versus the Red Sox and the Phillies, then they go to Boston, Tampa, and Miami right before the trade deadline. So that's a solid nine games. Uh, on the seven of them are on the road against divisional opponents. Um, you know what? I 
am happy about it. Why? Because it's going to show once again, if the 2021 New York Yankees can handle battling with their backs against the wall and right out of the gate in the second half, their backs are going to be against the wall because you can't go down double digit games in the division. Um, once you're approaching August, um, they know that the heat is on the front office right now to make acquisitions, but they will not be making acquisitions if they lose three or four to the Red Sox, split with the Phillies, and then split with the Red Sox or lose to the Red Sox again. So the New York Yankees need to show some gumption, and I'm glad that it's kind of it's transpired in this manner because this is going to set these next however many games, what is it, 10 to 15 games is really going to set the tone um, for the, the real second half of the season, which is obviously August and September. Um, if they can manage to pull themselves out of the depths that they're in right now, that the Astros stomp them back into once again, Astros fans, we know you guys fucking own us. It's not fun for us. We're mostly criticizing our team for letting it happen. We're not, we're not, uh, we're not crying about you doing it. Yeah, we uh, hate the, our team. Yeah, we hate yeah. our team. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, you did do it again. You lost four out of six games to us, but you own the narrative. That's you'd yeah. rather be that though. Obviously. You'd rather be trolls. Yeah. And that's that's the Yankee season, the winning series and then dropping the last one in embarrassing fashion or heading into a big series and getting whomped by the Red Sox. That's just been that's been the narrative around the 2021 Yankees. And there could not be a harder opportunity or a harder situation for them to rebound from it in this set of next 15 games. But guess what? It will no doubt turn the season around if they are able to do it, because the challenges that they're facing right out of the gate after the second half, after that backbreaking loss to the Astros, even though they captured the series is tailor made for them to change it all, switch up the narrative and put pressure on other teams that are ahead of them. Because look, they're only four and a half out of the wild card. They're eight out of the division. We've seen crazier comebacks. I know the Yankees have not shown us any sort of resiliency in terms of ripping off uh, a large amount of wins or winning a majority of, you know, 20 games or 15 games and whatnot. But guess what? This, this, this is it. And I'm glad that this is it because I want them to show that they're able to do it against tough competition rather than coming out of the break versus, you know, the Orioles and the Royals and then, possibly embarrassing us with those matchups. So you know what? Take take a bunch from Boston. You got eight games. You got at the Rays, who have just terrorized you over the last two years. The Phillies, just take care of business. And then you got the Marlins. So let's do it, boys. Come on. I am happy to have the Red Sox stuff largely over with, though. That will be mm -hmm. fun. This is eight games. They've already played six. After that, it's five more over the last two and a half months of the season. I will be in Cape Cod this weekend while these games are going on. Um, that sucks. That sucks for me. Um, I don't really know what to do about that. I I love doing this to you, though. So I'm going to wrap the pod with uh, one of my favorite. I haven't gotten to do this tactic in a long time. You want me to break something for you? Yes. I, I, I can break something for you during the pot. Break it. Joel Sherman. Oh, Joel, yeah. New York, Joel Sherman of the New York Post says the Yankees are interested in Texas Rangers lefty Joey Gallo as the trade deadline approaches. We've obviously been talking about this for months. This is not the, not the first time you've heard the name Joey Gallo. Everybody had their jokes during the home run derby when Gallo's power disappeared, a perfect Yankee. Um, and so did we. I had the same jokes. <laughs> this is serious. This is this is a note. This is an actual note. This is someone who can help this year and beyond. And, you know, we came away from the Rangers series that the Yankees played in Texas relatively unimpressed with Gallo's effort. But he takes walks. 
The power has certainly locked into form since then. He has looked like a different guy. He's not my favorite trade target, but in terms of shopping, I'm not looking to add someone who could be with this team for two months. I'm looking to add versatility for 2021 and beyond. I'm certainly not going to be angry if the Yankees acquire all-star 50-homer power Joey Gallo lefty and put him at Yankee Stadium. I don't know what it's going to look like until I see it, but I do know we don't have any lefty power, and he is a lot of lefty power. And he's versatile on defense. We need a center fielder. We need a left fielder. You can play both of those positions. If you really need him to play first base, he could do that too. If you want a DH Aaron Judge, he could play right field. So um, am I a fan of this? Um, I'll take it. Uh, I don't know if it's the tailor-made acquisition for the Yankees. He's another lefty slugger who walks and hits home runs and doesn't hit for average and uh, has a high OBP, leads the American League and walks with 72. So that's cool. Um, But I think... Uh, very weird for me to say the problem with the Yankees is they take too many walks. They don't capitalize on the opportunity to put the ball in play, test the defense, move the runners over. Uh, surprise, guys, if you get a leadoff runner on second and the next batter walks, all you do there is add another base runner and put the double play uh, the double play ball uh, in play for the defense. So um, more times than not, we'd like to see the Yankees put bat on ball. Uh, they love taking pitches right outside the zone. They don't entirely like to attack, at least this version of the 2021 Yankees that we've seen. But I will take Gallo if that is something that the Yankees feel that um, is affordable for them um, and kind of fits their plans. Uh, hey, the left, a lefty slugger of that caliber in Yankee Stadium can really change the game. I know we sound like a broken record saying that, but guess what? They haven't gotten any lefty sluggers that could change the game in Yankee Stadium. Why not do it now for the final two months, see how it works out, and maybe he changes the fortunes for this team. But guess what? They also need a starter. They probably need another reliever. Um, I'd like to see Chapman or Britton go at this deadline uh, to uh, relieve some salary. Um, and any other any other moves that make them marginally flexible would be great. I think Tim LaCastro has worked out pretty well so far, but Tim LaCastro also can't be starting for your team in the postseason. So there's going to be a couple of moves they have to make here. I think Gallo Gallo's a nice start in my opinion. Yeah, I would sacrifice a pinky finger to see Roldis Chapman on another team in mm-hmm. the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, Gallo is not a contract that's going to kill the Yankees. They're not absorbing big money. You're never going to look back at a Gallo trade and be like, this is the moment the Yankees died. So like, Am I going to lose my mind if it doesn't happen? No, but yeah, it's exciting. It's cool. See, see if you can do it for cheap, cheap-ish, cheap-esque. That is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll answer that puppy right up. Excited for the four-game four set after the break. Uh, less excited than I probably would have been in 2019, but still moderately excited. How can you not be? Uh, doesn't quite feel like a rivalry yet until we take one. So let's take a goddamn game. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. You can also find us at YanksGoYard.com. We are continually shitting on the Astros. It's a great time. The fans think that they rule us for whatever reason, but we're just having fun. Uh, you can also talk to us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Folks, it's trade deadline season. What are we? What are we? Uh, four, 15 days away, 16 days away. Yeah, a lot of rumors. Weeks. Yeah, a lot of rumors coming over the last over the next two weeks. Maybe the Yankees pounce early and do something. Who knows? Leave the window open for uh, another big move down uh, closer to the trade deadline, too. So there's going to be plenty of content, plenty of discussion. Join us. Talk to us. Until next time, Friday, everybody. Friday, everybody. Let's get a win Thursday and take the pressure off. We'll see ya. 
Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know? A driveway basketball hoop, including the base, weighs around 400 pounds. Something you probably do know? There's a windstorm coming. Something you probably don't know? A basketball hoop tipping over can poke a hole in a car roof like a can opener. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.